Hello. So uh, there's always a few minutes while Facebook tells everybody that <laughs> that we're live. So that's fantastic. And then you guys know I do put this up on our podcast page. So if you're just listening and not viewing, this is one that you're going to want to check out because, uh, hi, Terry. Um, I look way different today, a little different today. I've got a forehead. Um, what happened was this morning I wanted to take my shower and we had no hot water. No, I like hot water in my shower. So I took a very, very quick shower and did not wash my hair. Hi, Jamie, which means um, it's all pulled back in a headband today so you can't see how icky it is. Hi, I'm good, good, everyone's joining in. So we, we're gonna get started because I have so much that I wanna cover with you guys today and you know how we like to go down our little rabbit holes. So, um, you know, when you guys do have comments or questions, go ahead and type them in there. Um, if you didn't know, we also did a Facebook Live, an impromptu one yesterday outside of Walmart in the Jeep. Um, because of a weirdo who started harassing me. So uh, if you have not seen that one, you're going to want to watch that one after this one. Um, first, Roma stuff. So she's doing really good. Um, she's actually lying down here chewing on a toy right now, which is fantastic. And I want to tell you guys something. When we first got her, I thought what I thought every time I get a new dog in, which is, oh, what did we do? Um, we put on a brave face because I can tell you two things. I can tell you your dog is definitely going to be a service dog or I can tell you your dog is definitely not going to be a service dog. And guess what? If you believe me, I'm going to be a hundred percent right. So if you truly believe that your dog will be trained up to be a service dog and you do the work, which is the big part, you do the work, your dog more than likely will be a service dog. So we got Rem and she was a little bit shy, a little bit hesitant. And I'm like, Oh boy. Um, you know, cause we kind of, jumped into her whenever getting her whenever I freaked out because of Gypsy's height. So, um, you know, we've been taking her. She did so amazing at Walmart yesterday that I am just, I'm on cloud nine still. And it's been over a day because she, you know, she's really coming out of her shell. She's getting in confidence. And that just makes me so, so very happy. That's her squeaking her little toy. Um, so we've been working on, and you know, Gypsy, when she came in, we got her last October, and this is now July. I had everything scheduled with her, and I worked her constantly. Um, you know, Rich and Luke took care a lot with the board and train dogs. Um, we didn't have the number of critters. We just got rid of our pigs. Um, we sent them to the butcher and our steer, and then we just got a bull on today, an Angus bull. So we're going to have Angus Jersey babies uh, in a year, year and a half, depending on whenever he knocks them up. Um, it's a nine-month gestation, but he is only six months old, so it'll be four to six months before he feels his oats and wants to have some fun with them. Um, but, you know, we, we've been really busy lately, and I have not had the opportunities that I had with Gypsy, um, you know, to work Roma here. And part of me is like, let's see the bare minimum we can do at this age and still have a service dog. But that's not a good example for you guys. So um, I thought, depending on how this goes, if there's anything you guys want to see, maybe we can set it up and do a, um, this is a video training session with Roma time, you know, towards the end of it too. If we have time, which hopefully we will. Um, so first of all, socialization. I have shared this with you guys before. This is my socialization cheat sheet. And you notice that it's punched. I'm going to show you Roma's training binder. 
So I have some of them crossed off, not all of them, but some of them that we've done so far um, because you need to expose your dog to all this stuff. Between the ages of four and 14 weeks old is prime socialization for your puppies. So during that time, you wanna expose your dog to everything that you can. Roma is 14 weeks old. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why when we got her, we started taking her out right away is because I wanted to expose her to everything that we could. Um, and we'll keep doing that. Now, sometimes now they'll go through fear windows. And I don't want to say a fear window starts at 14 weeks old and goes until 60 weeks old. Because guess what, guys? Every dog is different. And I don't have that type of stuff memorized on when it is. I know the 4 to 14 weeks old. Um, she, you will see how she does, you know, with everything. Gypsy went through a fear period because things that used to be okay, she's like, oh, I'm not sure about this. So maybe Roma went through it a little early when we first got her. I don't know. And then I also wanted to show you, this was the topic of uh, today's podcast that we released, which you guys can listen to today or tomorrow, which is your tr service dog timeline. So this is Roma's service dog timeline so far. Now, if you want your very own copy of this, go to our Facebook page. And that is going to have on it um, where you can download this as a PDF and print it out. So you can see now next year, I can add one year and two months, one year and three months, one year and four months. And then I can have one for this year and for next year. Now, like this is when we got Roman started training. What else do I have? Well, September, um, she'll be six months old. And we're going probably to IACP conference. I'm not sure if I'm bringing Roma or Gypsy. I actually might bring both of them. Um, you know, we could put in here, you know, Christmas is going to be here. Maybe people will be down visiting. Uh, when she turns a year old, you know, um, Gypsy came into heat at 10 months old. So maybe she'll come into heat here. So, you know, we have different ones um, here that we, uh, you know, that you want to add to. And it's something that we always add to. Um, always add to. So, you know, you want to, um, to do that for your dog and then adjust it. So like one of the things I need to add in here is when she has to go to the vet again for her next set of shots. Um, now I know most dogs go and get their rabies at, um, give me one, so what, what, four months? I think it's four months. But they also get their last distemper parvo at four months. And I don't want that. Hello, Carolyn. Um, I don't want her to get both the distemper parvo and the rabies. Because the December Parker is actually like five or seven shots in one. And then the rabies is a heavy hitter. So we actually split them. And I'll do the December Parvo. Um, and then maybe three weeks later, I'll come back and get rabies. Uh, and it works. My vet's great with that. You know, they understand it. Um, and, and I love that. But I need to add the vet stuff in here as well. Um, this is her binder so far. Just a cheapo binder, right? Um, inside here, now I need to get the, the little plastic things for, for this stuff because her AKC paperwork came in. Um, good, Amber, you made it. Good. I just had to text Amber. My husband's outside cutting the grass. Um, there we go. So I have... Oh, this is My husband's outside cutting the grass and the dogs are in here with me. Um, this is her health certificate. Here's her health guarantee. Here's um, her, her purchase. Um, here's her AKC pedigree. Here's her AKC paperwork. I did it online. So like I have all this stuff. Um, and then I'm going to actually add the different sections. Like I tell you guys to add, you know, her medical stuff and that'll get her health certificate in it, you know, her purchase agreement stuff. And that'll have all that in it. Um, training goals and that'll have that in it, which brings in these, these go in it, but it's constantly a work in progress because again, I've been super busy lately and my knees have been bothering me something bad. 
So I actually have a laser wrap on my knee right now um, and I'm hobbling around the house. Um, here we've got a question. Um, well, first Amber says I was all over the place. Thanks, I'm, I'm glad you made it, Amber. Um, it could be a little confusing how we do it because I do the event and I do the event because Facebook likes events. So, um, so these ones we have this week and next week are scheduled to start at 5.30. Um, and then we'll decide if we want to start at 6.30 because I had to do 5.30 because we had an email a few weeks ago and I'm just like, let's do four of them. You know, um, here we go. Do you have any advice for working through a fear period? My service dog in training is 11 months old and recently started having major fears of puddles and grocery bags. Okay. Um, so for, for that, um, puddles and grocery bags, they do, they have the fear period. So this is what I like to do during a fear period is I like to take training back a step or two. I like to make it easier on the dog. So how we divide up skills and tasks um, is three different sections. We have what the dog needs to know, right? What the dog is working on and learning and what the dog knows. Now, what are they going to be most comfortable and confident with? With what they know, right? That's going to be the easiest. And that's going to be, say, sit, right? Sit's always like most of the time when dogs come to us for anything, they know sit and give you give me your paw. Like those are like the two main ones that like the dog's like totally aggressive, major jerk, and he still knows sit and give me your paw. So what we do is if your dog's in a fearful state, right, and they do something that they know, let's say the sit, um, they gain some confidence. Um, we also use treats. So I've got like two different types here that I grabbed before I went on today. Um, I like the little soft treats. If your dog will not eat, your dog is too afraid. <laughs> she knows what it is. Hi, Roma. Um, if your dog will not eat, they are too afraid and you need to get them out of that situation in some place where they're comfortable. So say you, your dog, um, Shoshan, Shoshan, um, 11 months old. I don't know what type of dog he is, but say he loves to play ball, right? Well, during playing ball time, I'll get some grocery bags out and, you know, for, you know, sit, here's a grocery bag. Okay. Now here's the ball, right? Or, um, gosh, if you're in Florida, it rains daily. So what you could do is say, oh, there's a puddle right there. So we're going to play ball here. And now I'm going to play ball over there. Look, we're going to jump in the puddle. It's a puddle. Woo! We're going to jump in a puddle. And, um, and that helps them to get over their fearfulness. One of the things that we found a lot of dogs are fearful about, and this is the weirdest thing, is the refrigerated freezer section, refrigerated or freezer section in a grocery store. You're like, what the heck? You know, well, I mean, I guess if you open it up, it's a blast of cold air, it's slippery floors, the lights sometimes come on and off. It can be a little bit weird for the dogs, maybe. So what we'll do is we'll just laugh at it. You know, like, oh my gosh, this is the funnest thing ever. Oh my gosh, look at how cool this is. You want to see a neat trick? I can open the door and I can close the door. Ah, oh, I'm so silly. And people will look at you like you're insane, but you know, that's okay. Um, you know, toss some treats. You know, get them to eat treats out of hand, do some touch, do some sit, you know, get them where, you know, what they were worried about, they're not worried about anymore. You know, it's the best way to get them over fear stuff and to just take these, you don't want to make excuses for it. So um, I was telling you guys in the beginning that Roma was a little bit nervous when we first got her and I could have said, oh, she's a fearful dog. But if you guys go back and listen to what I talked about, I don't think I ever labeled her as a fearful dog. I labeled her as a little bit shy, but I never labeled her as a fearful dog because she wasn't technically a fearful dog. She was a little bit shy. She was a little bit apprehensive. So if I would have labeled her and it come out of my mouth that she's a fearful dog, there goes her service dog career and she wasn't a fearful dog. She was just a little bit shy that we brought out of her. I have four other dogs. I have a total of five dogs, personal dogs. So they've all been playing with her. Her confidence has skyrocketed. 
And that's where for our boot camp for service dogs, we like to take them in at six months of age or older. But for something like this, like they would need to come in a little earlier just to get them through that. And then we could do the real training. Um, you know, the first time we took her to Walmart, she didn't want to walk through the doors, you know, the automatic doors. She don't want to walk through them. She's like, mm -mm, no, I don't want to do this. I'm like, yeah, I want to do it. Um, and so we just, I sat in the bench and I worked on some training stuff. We're working on touch. Um, sit is usually what I start with, uh, sit and focus. And I did not want to start with sit this time. I don't want sit to be a default. So I really haven't even taught her sit yet. I'll do sit with the food to get her to sit so I can take a picture of her. But I haven't worked on sit. I mean, sit. Yeah. Okay. So that's the fearful stuff. Um, let's see what else. Because I know we've gotten a lot of comments here. Can you give any tips on teaching stay? My puppy knows all the basic commands, but having trouble with stay. Oh, Shannon, that is a good one. So this is what we do with stay. There's two different things. Two different things. Okay. The first one is a secondary stay command, which is that stay. I teach that if you want it. I teach it to service dog people. I do not teach stay to normal pet people usually because I find it very annoying because this is what happens every single time. Stay, 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 stay. And it happens all the time because I'd see it because people would come out to us for the canine good citizen testing, people who we hadn't trained or people who had trained somewhere else and had come to us to see what we had to offer. And it is one of my pet peeves. I have a few pet peeves in training and that's one of them. So what we do is we train sit and down and put, hey, in place. And places go to your bed and stay there. Zoe, go to your bed and stay there as stay commands. What that means is I get them to sit. And it's not sit and pop back up again. It's sit and you're going to hold this sit until I release you. Which means that you have to release your dog from this sit. You can have your dog sit and then forget about him and your dog gets up and walks off. Um, so that means, um, Shannon, what we do is whenever we have them sit, good, 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 break. And there we go. And if they get up early, uh-uh, and back into position. So they learn that that uh-uh means go back to what you were doing. What you're doing now isn't correct, but what you were doing then is correct. So go back and do that. And it works out beautifully. And it usually doesn't take that long to do it. And then for the service dogs, we do teach a secondary stay command because, you know, say we're doing something and I just want to reinforce that I want them to stay, you know. Um, okay. Amber says we're getting our prospect at eight weeks. What are the best things to start with? And what do you expect at certain ages? Besides the obvious potty training, crate training, feeding weights, leave it, sits, et cetera. This also... I'm working with another dog in the home that's already a service dog. Should I train the prospect separate? Oh, Amber, that is a fantastic question. And I love that question. So this is what, what I recommend doing. Because we just went through this with Gypsy and Roma. And we went through it with Gypsy and Era before that. So um, what we have is the service dog can participate because they're going to want to participate anyway. They have to stay on place while I train the puppy. So every time the puppy gets a treat for touching my hand, the dog on place gets a treat for staying on place. So therefore, um, the service dog puppy or any puppy, even if you have a pet puppy and you're bringing a new puppy into your house, they're not like, oh, that dog got all the attention. What happened to me? I guess she doesn't love me anymore. Instead, it's, this is great. She's going to do that puppy and that puppy has to do all the work and I get to sit here and eat all the treats on place and make sure that place doesn't float away. And it's super fun for your dog. And I love that. So, so that's one of the things we do. We'll also pull Roma aside and, you know, it's just me and her and I'll do training. But again, I've gotten kind of lazy with her. So a lot of her individual training all on her own is just when we're doing outings. 
So I have my treat pouch. I have her out, you know, maybe Rich is shopping. Um, maybe we're both out or we're doing whatever. I think actually we might go to the movies tomorrow. And depending on what we go see, I might bring Roma. We'll see what happens. But, um, you know, so, so we have that, that option of working both of them together. Or, you know, put your dog outside to play for a few minutes alone, depending if you have, like, a fenced yard. Like, we have the five acres here, so I can put the, everyone outside except for Roma and work her a few minutes and then put her outside so she can go play with them. Um, what to work on first. So you're absolutely right. The potty training. So you want to potty on command, potty while on a leash and while off of a leash. Um, crate training, socialization, um, habituation, which is a word you don't hear very often. Habituation is just getting them used to your habitat. Um, vacuum cleaner, dishwasher, washer, dryer, you know, the, you know, yelling songs out loud because you're watching TV and you're singing along with the songs. You know, a lot of people want to be on their best behavior when a new puppy comes in and they don't want to run the dishwasher because the puppy's sleeping. And that is a huge mistake. Um, you know, live your life normally. Um, feeding weights. Exact. I use actually the food time for training time. So they don't actually eat per se out of a bowl for a while. You know, like we'll do like maybe 10 reps and then they'll eat the rest of it um, per se. Uh, sit, so sit or focus are my first two. And we actually on our how to train your service dog group on Facebook here, if you guys aren't on that group, go ahead and pull up a secondary Facebook window and type in how to train your service dog and a group will come up and click that you want to join that group. And, um, it asks you a couple questions, just say, you know, Facebook live or FB live and submit it. And whenever I'm done with this, I'll get all you guys on it. Um, because it's a great one. And what we have on there is a free four-week focus course to building focus and engagement. So you can start with that. Um, focus and actually sit and touch. I like those because I can do a lot with focus and sit and touch. Um, and like I said, for Gypsy, it's or for Roma, it's been more focus and touch and not so much sit. But yeah, yeah, the, that's what I start with. Okay, let's see what else we got here. People joining, she's a really small lab boxer mix. Okay, so she's a lab boxer, so she probably likes to, to play, I hope. Yeah. Um, you know, the freezers, mine's four. Um, she loves ball. Perfect. Oh, Willow's grandma. Hi, Joy. Um, I see Katie put up a couple pictures of Willow at the, at the lake, and that's just the cutest. Um, and Kimmy has her friend Galen watching with her. Good, good, good. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. I have a golden Labradoodle service dog. Lately, his behavior's gotten playful with every command given, and you can't get him to calm, Jennifer Madden tells me. So, Jennifer, with that, how old is your golden Labradoodle service dog? Um, sometimes it happens. I mean, especially you, you've got a golden Labradoodle. Okay. Yay. You know, they're going to be silly. So what we need to do for some people you need that silliness to help you out, okay? For others, you can't have that. And even if you need that silliness, like you can't have that silliness if you're in the middle of a restaurant, well, depending on the restaurant. But you, you don't want that silliness. So I would go back to the training in home, the training in the dog-friendly, like maybe outside of your home areas. And if she's silly, no. Maybe put her in her crate, give her a little bit of a timeout. This isn't silly time, but then I want you to have a second silly, silly time for her. And take her out, no vest. Uh, again, I don't know your situation. I would take them outside off vest, off leash, off um, normal collar, maybe on an e-collar, and just play with them. And tell them, are you ready? Right? And then we're going to go outside and play and play and play and play. Okay, all done. And then we're going to come back inside and it's all done. Now, 
We can do that here in Central Florida in the summertime because we either do it early in the morning or we do it late at night. I don't do that, you know, at noon in the middle of July in Florida. So you got to be smart on when you do it, but um, giving them that play time and then separating out the play and the work. And if you don't think that can happen, we do it with most of the dogs who come in here. Um, Arrow is my Malinois service dog. So he he's actually up in bed right now because we neutered him last week. But he... Um, he is very serious when he's working. And if those of you have been out with us whenever he's working and then you see him at home on the ranch, you wouldn't believe it's the same dog. You know, he'll molest you for, you know, play with me, play with me. Here's a toy. Let's play. Let's play. Let's play. And then uh, when he's out working, he is dead serious about everything. So like he very much has separated out that play and that work, but they need to play. And a lot of people don't neglect it. They just forget that. Um, Nina says, hi, hi, Nina. Um, Kimmy says, grandma's having issues with the tippy taps. So when I'm telling him to wait or place or sit, he gets spazzy and starts fidgeting or spinning. Should I just run and play some more before training? Oh, Kimmy, that is perfect. So I like to play after training. And here's why. is It's kind of like you have to eat your veggies before you eat dessert, right? The dogs have to do their training. And if they do good, we'll play afterwards. And if they do bad, maybe I'll put them in their crate so they can think about it, soak it up, and pull them out a few minutes, maybe 15 minutes later for another quick, quick, quick. Training session, if they're successful, play with them then. Um, the problem a lot of people have, see, um, is that they'll do that. They'll play, play, play. And then you're like, okay, now it's time to work. And the dog's like, <laughs> no. It's like, basically, if you tell me, like, here's a piece of cake. Okay, now eat your broccoli afterwards. I'm going to laugh because it's not happening. Um, Jillian joined. Amber says, we have fence and yard, and, but Loki can get competitive. Okay, so, yeah, if that's, um, if Loki can get competitive, I'd give Loki – um, put him outside for a little bit. You know, puppies only get two to five minutes of training sessions a time. And that five minutes is including potty time, right? So like they don't have a long attention span. And how we're successful with puppies at eight weeks old, at 10 weeks old, at 12 weeks old is usually I'll take out like 10 training treats and we'll do whatever it is, 10 reps or under, and then we're done. And then maybe we'll go and play or do something else. So I want to always keep it fun for the pups. But they also have to be serious and work too. So like I like focus because when they learn that all they have to do is look at me and they get clicks and treats. Um, I also like touch because I can smear my hand with either peanut butter maybe or butter or coconut um, oil or something stinky like a treat or hot dog juice and then just hold it there and all they have to do is touch it. Like for a lot of dogs, that's like the easiest thing. And they're like, dude, I'm getting paid for this. Ah, bonus. Um, Joy says when training a service dog, should you always have their vest on so they can associate it with training? You guys are like amazing good questions tonight. So what I do with my girls and my dogs is usually I keep the service dog vest in the, it used to be a van, now it's a Jeep. Enjoy that's because of Katie that we have a Jeep. Um, we keep it in the Jeep. So when I take Roma out anywhere, when I take Gypsy out anywhere, when I take Arrow out anywhere, when I take the boot camp dogs out anywhere, I put their vest on them either before we leave the house or when we get to where we're going. I vest them up. I put the booties on. I put the vest on. I put the leashes and collars on. And then we work them. And then we go back to the Jeep. And if we're going home, I take them off. Because I'm not going to remember it if I leave the vests at home, honestly. I'll, I'll forget the vests at home. So I have, like, multiple vests. And so I always keep a spare one in the Jeep for mine. But um, I want them to know that out in public. So even at eight weeks old, nine weeks old, ten weeks old, 12 weeks old for Roma. 
I will, every time she goes out, she's vested. Now, if we go to a dog-friendly location, like a farmer's market, she's vested. Tractor Supply, which is dog-friendly, she's vested. Walmart, she's vested. Disney, she's vested. Um, it just gets her used to it, but I don't want the dog to be reliant on the vest. So I also hear from people that, can I pet your service dog? Hold on. Take off his vest. Okay, go ahead. You can pet him now. And I don't do that because of this reason. My dogs are always working. Even now, Era's sleeping up in bed. The two girls are down here playing bitey face. If I need them, they have to snap to it. Um, and think of it this way, because I think this will, will make sense. Um, you're a diabetic. You can't have your dog come over, put the vest on him, say, okay, check me. Am I good? Okay, thank you. Take the vest off and send them on their way. Or um, say it's for mobility. Um, because um, you don't have dexterity in your hands, right? And you drop something. Your dog has to come over, pick it up, and hand it to you. Your dog can't say, Hi, I don't have my vest on. <laughs> good luck. Um, so, yeah, you can um, have their vest. I, I do every time they go out. I don't do it at home because I'm lazy, which is the truth. Um, you could you could put it on before every training session. But, again, I want them to listen to me in a vest or out of a vest. Um, but there. Uh, hopefully that answered your question, Joy. Um, is there an advantage to training in another language? Amber asks, and what are your thoughts about not using your dog's name in public? I never use my dog's name in public. He's a boxer. Um, and so is the prospect. Okay, I was wondering what type of puppy else you were getting. I should have figured it was another boxer, Amber. Training in another language, I do not do it. Why is because... Uh, when push comes to shove, okay, think of, picture this, guys. Well, don't picture it and get sad, but your dog is running towards the road and there's a semi-truck coming. What are you going to yell at your dog to get your dog to turn around and come back? It's going to be come, right, or here, or come here, or get your butt back here right now, right? You don't want to be like, right, or Swedish chef, um, and then a lot of the, a lot of people like to train in German. Well, sit in English is sits in German. It's close enough. Here in English, like come here, is here in German. Ah. Down is Platz. Um, heel is Fuß, which means foot. Um, I think Bleib is stay. So, like, I, I, I've taken German. Like, that's what I took in high school. That's actually what Rich took in high school, and Luke actually took it in high school as well. Rich and I had actually been to Germany, but weirdly enough, we went to the same state in Germany, but not at the same time. He went, like, quite a few years after I went. Um, he was only there for a couple of days. I was there for, like, three weeks. I know how to speak it. I just don't use it because I'm going to remember the English stuff. And I don't want to train the dogs in different languages because it's confusing having a list of stuff on what it is that I'm supposed to teach them. So I like English to train. Um, but here's what happens is we were walking dogs and we lived in Gainesville. We were walking the boot camp dogs in the neighborhood. And this guy, maybe half a small block away says, Oh, those are your dogs. I said, well, you know, we're trainers and these are, you know, the dogs that we have in. And he starts yelling, sit, sit, sit. Those dogs don't listen worth the darn. Those dogs aren't sitting. And I said, no, why would they listen to you? We're the ones at the end of the leash. We're the ones they have a relationship with. We're the ones they're going to listen to. And that's kind of how I look at things is a weirdo coming up to your dog and telling him to sit. Your dog's not going to sit, hopefully. I don't, I don't care if your dog sits or not. I don't want service dogs to sit if weirdo says sit. Um, but if I tell him to sit... If my husband tells him to sit, if our son tells him to sit, my parents tell him to sit, 
kind of want them to sit. So, you know, I want them to sit for that. I don't want them to sit, you know, because some weirdo yelling sit, you know, half a block away. Um, Not using your dog's name out in public. So my dogs are on Instagram and I talk about them and they're up on, I think they're up on the website. And if not, they will be. Um, especially whenever the girls get older and get closer to having babies. Um, They'll be up on the website um, for puppy stuff. So I do use my dog's name out in public and they know it. Now I don't put it on their vests. I don't embroider it on their vests. If I get an opportunity to embroider anything, I embroider dreamk9.com, D-R-E-A-M, the letter K, the number nine.com, which is our website on the vest. Um, But I do use their name. And if someone asks me their name, I tell them, but here's the kicker. Are you ready? I also train my dog to totally ignore when people call them by name, unless it's, you know, me or Rich or Luke, usually just me, um, out in public. So how we do that is that focus work that we do. Remember I told you that we had that free four-week course in the um, How to Train Your Service Dog Facebook group? What we do for that is, as they're getting good with the focus, we up at a level, right? And that's where a lot of people run into trouble is they're doing okay here, but they never up it to the next level or the next level or the next level or the next level. So we teach them to ignore people calling them by name. We teach them to ignore people petting them, people stepping on tails and feet. Um, you know, you can teach them to ignore, you know, someone, you know, maybe, um, you know, taking their leash and trying to leave with them. You can teach them anything. Um, so I do use that. I actually am going to get up business cards that look like I'm playing cards printed up for Roman for Gypsy because both of them have their own Instagram handle. If you're interested, it's Roma underscore service underscore dog, R-O-M-A underscore service underscore dog, and Gypsy Rose service dog with the underscore. So it's Gypsy underscore Rose underscore service underscore dog. And then our main one is Dream Dogs, D-R-E-A-M-D-O-G-Z. So because of that, I do put that on there. Um, And then Arrow, he's Arrow. He doesn't have his own Instagram, Um, but I call him Buddy. I don't know how it even started, but like his nickname with me is Buddy. So usually when we're out, I just call him Buddy and, and it works. You know, like I said, I don't even know how it started that way, but he's my buddy boy. Um, Jennifer says her doodle is two and a half years old. So yeah, I, I think she either wants to play or she's testing. Um, so I'd, I'd split and give her that play in that work time. And let me know how, how she does, Jennifer. I'm, I'm interested. And remind me what it's about, too. Um, Nicole says, Rio was doing great in public, but got nervous in the regular stall at Kohl's yesterday. It was a tight squeeze. No issues at the store or Home Depot or Menards or Best Buy. So, yeah, that happens, too. So um, we, uh, the first time I brought her into a bathroom, I don't even know where it was. She was like, I don't want to go in there. And I'm like, too bad. And then uh, we had her at Sam's Club, where I'm at Sam's Club Friday. She went into the bathroom with no problem. She, like, prancing like a queen. And it was the cutest thing. And I wish, Rich and I usually split up when we get into the store so he'd get the shopping and I can work the dog. But I wish he would have been around a little bit more because Roma was not only prancing, but her tail was just bopping back and forth. And she was just the proudest little pony ever. Um, So I was so proud of her. And I'd love to have a little video. And I tried to shoot one, but my video came out terrible. Um, so yeah, they, they do, they'll go through some of those, but you do want to, Nicole makes a great point too. A lot of times I love to use the handicap stall, especially when I have bigger dogs in, but I also need to get them into a normal stall because sometimes the biggest stalls aren't available. So, you know, we do work with the normal stalls. We do work with the bigger stalls, um, and we have to work with all different types. So sometimes the stall goes all the way to the ground and all the way up to the ceiling. So it's like you're in a little pod. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I don't even have doors. I try to steer clear of those bathrooms. 
Um, Amber asks, what are your thoughts on putting in training? I, cho I choose not to as I find many people mess with me. Oh, I have not had any problems labeling in training. Now, my in training vests that I like the most are those um, guide dog capes from um, Patience and Love on Etsy, except I ask her to put on service dog in training with the paw print. And most people leave me alone with that. Now, Amber, here's a fun one. Are you ready? Somebody... I'm a member of a dog training professional organization called the International Association of Canine Professionals. Um, CanineProfessionals.org, I want to say, is their website. Somebody complained about me in the organization to the head of the organization because Gypsy, when she was a puppy, and you can go back and look at her first trip to Magic Kingdom and like those first, I want to say the first month that we had her, we had her in just a a service dog little mini vest because she was so small that the cape that I got that says service dog in training would not fit her. So we had her just in the little one. And if I would have put service dog in training, the print would have been this small and no one would have been able to see it. So it just had service dog. No one was stupid enough to assume that a three week old puppy was a service dog that was fully trained, except for apparently this person who complained about me, who said that I was misrepresenting a three month old, two-month-old to three-month-old puppy as being a fully trained service dog. Yeah. And I laughed. And there's leash sleeves too. I mean, we have leash sleeves that say dream dogs in or service dog in training or dream dogs in training or something, dream dog, service dog in training. So I'm like, because you see a picture and the dog has this, you don't know what the heck's on their bat, on their leash. You know, I mean, you don't know what I have on the opposite side of it. You know, I might just take off the in-training patch for the picture because the in-training patch maybe is a button. And people are weird. And I just I laughed hysterically whenever I was told that there was a complaint filed against me because I was doing that. So it's totally up to you. Um, you know, when the puppy's a puppy, it's a different story whenever they start getting older. But then I also, I love to watch people's court. And there was one where there was a woman who was in there with a little puppy and the judge says, why do you have a dog? This isn't a dog case. And she says, well, he's my service dog. She said, that is your service dog. She says, yes, he is my service dog. Not he is my service dog in training, but he is my service dog. And she sat there the whole time with this puppy on her lap. It was probably an eight to 10 week old puppy. I'll just let that one sit with you for a little bit. So, you know, it, it does take some time to train up. Um, like I said, I usually don't get people harassing um and actually with the poodle oh my gosh i think i'm gonna keep with poodles and goldens from here on out and highly recommend them because especially we're by the villages which is a big retirement area everybody loves the poodle they think she's a little adult poodle instead of a giant poodle puppy but it's super cute um kimmy says i'll try that tonight once it gets cooler no cake before veggies exactly kimmy um, amber says loki has a relaxed command that he knows it's time to stop but he can only play when he lays down because he's a boxer, so it has prevented jumping. Good. Great. Thanks on that. Also, support certain training points. Good. Sorry for so many questions, but what you suggest for tone use when disciplining? Yeah, that's good. So, tone is huge. When you're trying to get your dog to come to you, right? <laughs> she was playing with Gypsy in the closet, and she came because I called her. This is my little stinker girl. So she is three and a half months right now. Okay. So that's what happens whenever you do high energy, excited, happy, repetitive, right? If I'm working on a stay, do you think I'm going to talk like that? Mm -mm. It's going to be stay. Good. I like that. 
that's very nice. And I use my, my, my radio voice, right? Now, when they're naughty, it's a different story. And depending on the level of naughtiness, my mom comes out. Not my mom, but like me as a mom comes out, my mom voice or my demon voice will come out. <laughs> okay. <coughs> it's going to be like this. Stop it. Hey. They're really not doing anything bad. They're looking at me like, what did we do wrong? Right? Uh-uh. Enough. Right? And I, mm. good. But, you know, they're also getting a little naughty in the beginning with playing to a degree like gypsy and rummer or puppies i really don't mind if they play um i can tune out a lot of stuff so um so yeah you just you want to watch the tones um i don't like i'll use a bonker with puppies i'll use a correction if need be i don't want it to be um you know something to make them pee themselves that makes sense. Uh, great to bud the vest. Thank you, Jennifer. Amber says, I had people yelling commands at him when he first started. Yeah, my husband speaks Sicilian and Spanish, so Loki's trained in Spanish. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, people yell. We had, um, actually, we had our training center up in Gainesville, and we were doing a tug workshop, and one of the guys who came was yelling commands at the dog. It wasn't, you know, like, get it. Get it, get it. Good, good boy, good boy. Look, you got it, right? Um, or good boy, you got the tug. It was, you know, get the tug. And it reminded me, if you guys have watched the movie from many, many, many years ago, Austin Powers with Frau Farbison, and she would, you know, send in their clones type of thing. It, it, that's what it reminded me of. And I try not to. So those are my praise, my normal tone for you touch, good, sit, down, stay. So even there, you can see the stay, place, good, break. So that's kind of the tones I like to use. I also like to try to do them in whispers as soft as I can, because if I'm in the middle of watching a movie, I can't yell, sit, during the movie, right? Well, you can, but you really don't want to. Amber says she's taking notes. That's awesome, Amber. Um, and if someone asks if they can say hello and rarely say yes, they reach for him and he backs away, then he looks at me and checks in, what's he gonna do? And I give him the command of yes or no. Okay, so for that, Amber, Hey, that's how I can interrupt too. Go ahead, back to play. And then I'm going to let them know it's okay again um, because they're going to do it anyway because this is my focus right now. Um, and my husband's still riding back and forth on the lawnmower. Um, so this is what happens when people come up to me. Oh, can I pet your no? And I will smack their hand away. Or I will just stop them with the name of love, right? If you guys, right? Stop in the name of love. You've got to have a sense of humor about it. They are not allowed to pet my dogs until my dogs are seven, eight months old. Unless you're a Disney character or a good Disney employee, or you let me have something like a backstage visit to go see somebody, <laughs> then you can pet my dog. Um, but this is how we do it. Stop. And then as we're talking, if the person seems normal, right, I'll say to them, Gypsy, do you want to say hi? Right? You say to Gypsy. And then, Gypsy, do you want to say hi? And so, let's see, like this, you know? So I'll, I, I offer my hand, and then I push my hand towards. So do you want to say hi? Now, if Gypsy takes a step forward and goes to say hi, she's allowed to say hi. Otherwise, no. So Arrow does not like to say hi to people for the most part. So I don't ask him. Gypsy does. 
I don't know what Roma's going to do. I haven't asked her yet because she's too young to worry about it at this point. And I don't want her, like, actually, no, I did. I let kids say hi to her because she wanted to say hi to kids. And I don't have any younglings at the house here. We were at studios. And I said, hey, you want to help me train my dog? She's not used to being around little kids. So could you just sit here and, you know, give her some pets? So you put your hand out and tell her touch and see if she'll touch your hand or I'll say maybe touch or whatever happened. You know, maybe I'll have some treats there. Oh, well, we did that too with, who did we meet up with? Chewbacca and Ray at Disney. And, uh, and so I had food in my hand because I knew it was coming. So, you know, I kind of walked them in with the food and they did great. They loved it, you know. So she was more interested in the food. Oh, and BB, um, not BB-8, the big white guy, Baymax. And we do it with Baymax, too, because he's always a little bit spooky for the dog. So we'll bring some food in there and not even ask the dog. Like, eh, you don't even have to worry about it yet. But, um, but until they're ready for it, until they're comfortable with it, until they're older, and people ask, nope, she's in training. Pet dogs, service dogs, both. She's in training. Mm -mm, you're not touching my dog. And we've had people come up like, can I touch? No. What do you mean, no? Or they won't even ask him to touch. Is he friendly? yeah he's friendly and then they reach to touch or does he bite no he doesn't bite oh they got to touch him like no no you're not doing this it's not happening um so you know that's i have no problem stopping them because you need to advocate for your dog okay terry says where's the pdf form from the binder you should in the beginning i forgot already this one terry is on our um website our most recent blog on pet podcast is the um, training binder and lifeline and that's where this is from so um, you can go there and it has our show notes and everything. Terry, if you want to just message me, and I'll send you that. And then the other one is the socialization. And that's true for all you guys. Socialization. Um, both of those. Uh, Maddie, have you thought of getting patches with Dream Dogs? Actually, I found there's a place on Etsy and they do rocker patches. And um, we get them say dreamk9.com. So I've done those for some people. Um, or I tell them this is where you can order them. So then they can choose the color and the font and everything to go with their vest uh they're five or six dollars i don't have the patches patches i could i need to look into see how to do it because you know with the whole paw print logo and all um that'd be cute um jennifer says crazy how people think that when they give a command to your dog and they ignore them they say the dog's not trained exactly and amber says when i go to restaurants and the doctors i bring matt and loki knows where he is to spot yeah yeah and it keeps him off the nasty floors that's why eric couldn't go with us to the movies the other days because he has his um his neuter incision and Gypsy has her hot spot, and Roma was too young to go see Jurassic Park because I think that one's not for little puppies. Um, I figured I don't want her first movie to be a bunch of dinosaurs growling at each other. But um, we kind of scheduled tomorrow to be kind of a half-free day. So I think we might go to the movies, depending on where we go. Um, you know, I kind of want to go see a movie that I don't really care if I stay for the whole movie. So um, maybe Overboard and have her come for her first movie outing. You know, she's really great. She sits on my lap so she could do that. Um, Roma and see how that goes. Or maybe we'll go see Incredibles in which case Gypsy or Arrow will come because I want to see Incredibles really bad. Um, when they play peekaboo with the person in the next stall, yeah. When would you say we should start public access training? That is a great question. Um, and then Jennifer asked, what's the Facebook group? The Facebook group is called how to train your service dog. Okay, it's the same as what the title of this um, webinar, How to Train Your Service Dog. It's the same as our podcast. It's called, no. See, that was because they were eating my bag of bags. Um, How to Train Your Service Dog is our podcast as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's the name of it, How to Train Your Service Dog. So when to start public access training? This is a big one. 
dog-friendly areas that are not dog-heavy. So what does that mean? It means dog-friendly, like Lowe's, Home Depot, Tractor Supply, that are not dog-heavy. Dog-heavy would be PetSmart, Petco. Do not take your puppies to PetSmart or Petco, especially service puppies, because it's full of crazy dogs. Um, I start them immediately with it. Um, even Roma and Gypsy both, I started them like a couple. Gypsy was the next day. Roma was probably about three days after we got her. We did our first outing. And we pottied ahead of time. We take them through. I watch them like a hawk. Not even like a hawk, like an eagle hawk. It's really bad. It's like an eagle hawk, right? I watch them. I work them. I get them out after less than five minutes to potty break again. And then we come back inside if they potty and do a little bit more. Because I do not want to have an accident in the store. I also recommend having wet wipes or half a roll of paper towels type of thing, or some napkins, you know, a couple Ziploc bags, because your dog probably will have an accident in the store at some point. I mean, it could be one of the dogs, she was sick, like she had a stomach upset, and she just diarrheaed everywhere, and it wasn't something that we were expecting. It happens. I don't like it to happen at all. So I usually tell people to do public access when your dog is fully house-trained, um, and not pediddling everywhere. So Rome is pretty decent. Um, she, I guess they had a doggy door. I don't have a doggy door because of, you know, snakes in Florida. I'm not having snakes coming into my house. Mm. Check this out. It's a unicorn. I liked unicorns before it was cool to like unicorns. My sister liked Pegasuses, but I liked unicorns. Um, so yeah, so we, um, but you need to watch your dog like a hawk. So like I said, Rich does the shopping and I watch the dog. I work the dog. And we've had a couple accidents with the dogs, you know, through the years. But um, so far, Rome has been good. Um, Amber says, I found that people patched with stop sign. People are already naturally conditioned to stop when they read it. Ooh, 60% less issues when you got those. Well, that's fantastic. I like that. That's good, Amber. And I would like to talk you through, too. When I was taken to court with an ADA judge in Tallahassee the first year of my service, so I, Amber, I want to get you on the podcast for that. Okay. If you're good for being on the podcast, we'll set it up sometime and we'll, we'll just talk about it and everything else. Um, but I'd like to share that story um, if you're good for that. Uh, you're on top of the world. Oh, well, gosh, that's up in Ocala, right? On top of the world. If you're up there, I'm like a half hour from Ocala. We go to Ocala probably once a month or so. So let's do that. Or come down to the ranch sometime and see my goats and my chickens and my cows. You can't see my pigs anymore because I went to the butcher. Um, Joy asks if there's a difference between when you see a service dog vest or a medical alert vest. That is a great question, Joy. So I know some people who will do like a diabetic alert dog or medical alert dog. If you put medical alert dog, people are going to say, what do they do? And you're going to say medical alert. And they're going to say like what? And you're going to say like diabetic alert because you don't want to tell them what your dog's, what your issue is. You know, if you want to put seizure alert on it, if you want to put mobility dog, um, service dog for me is just a general. Now, when you say service dog, then you're going to have the, well, what service does he offer? So I kind of want to get one that says light mobility, medical alert, and response. Dog, service dog. You know, I don't. Um, I just go with general service dog. Um, yeah. And then there's some mobility harnesses and stuff. You know, most dogs know a lot of tasks and all. So you either take the primary one that you do, um, the one the dog does best, you know, whichever one you want to do. But there's, there's not a huge difference. You know, for me, I might, I look at it and I kind of know a little bit more. Um, but with um, HIPAA, you, you, you can't ask me what my disability is. People do all the time, but we don't want them to. Um, near Longwood, 
Where's Longwood at, Joanne? I am south of the villages. I am five minutes to I-75, right south of the Turnpike split. Um, we're about 45 minutes to Tampa, 45 minutes to Orlando, a half hour to Ocala, and about an hour south of Gainesville. I don't think Longwood's that far, though. So, yeah, Joanne, I think we are close. Amber says when I'm in a movie or talking, I can sign language locally and get him to do when he gets antsy. Yeah, yeah, you can always sign language. Um, I would love a serious webinar about the laws and what we can do in certain circumstances because I have been in three major ones and would love to know how to get a better handle on them and what I should do. So um, my friend who I wrote the service dog information every handler should know book, <clears throat> which is amazing and available on Amazon. Just search my name, Victoria Warfel, along with service dog, and you will see both of my service dog books. But the big one, the information every handler should know book is that full, full, full back kind of laws and information and everything. And her name's Teresa, the friend who I wrote it with. She is my law expert. So when I have questions, she's the one I talk to about it because I don't remember the question. I remember the training part of it. She remembers the questions part of it. Um, her husband is going through some medical issues right now. So she, I've already talked to her. I want her to be on our podcast. I'd love her to do a webinar with us as well. It has not happened yet because of life. But yeah, it is on my list of things, and I'm glad that you're interested in that, Amber. Um, and then this is hilarious. Every time you say sit or stay, my command, any command, my service dog training, Freya keeps holding her head like, Mom, what's going on? I'm confused. That is too cute. Maddie says, I have people um, that really try to mess with mine more than talking rather than reaching down. Tell them leave it or focus or watch me. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I don't want them to um, really, little hellion. You know, I, I, people are so rude. And, like, they'll just reach down to pet or they'll just, like, give commands. Like, what's his name? His name's Arrow. Oh, Arrow. Hey, Arrow. Arrow. Hey, Arrow. What are you doing, Arrow? And I'm like, well, why are you being a dick? Why would you do that? You know? Like, stop it. There's no reason for them to do that. You know, what's your child's name? What's her social security number? How old is she? Yeah, come on. Um... When I get the does he bite, I say no, but I do, right? I love a dream dog's patch. Yeah, we might. We might be able to make something up there. I'm going to jot that down so I can look into that tomorrow. Dream dog's patch. Um, Loki also swallowed a pill that was under the table and he almost died, so that Matt was a safety thing too, yeah. Um, Kimmy says, I like to say that both Kiva and Graham are touch-me-nots. Though, yeah, they seem friendly, and no, they aren't aggressive. Neither I nor my knuckleheads want them to be touched. If someone proceeds to try and touch, they deal with a very sassy handler. <laughs> I bet, Kimmy. Um, human baby diapers are a great thing to clean up puppy accidents. Oh, thanks, Nicole. That's good. Um, okay. I could talk no problem. Thank you, Amber. Uh, yeah, yeah. After this webinar or... Right. <laughs> or, you know, in the next coming days is, to, is good, too. Um, what's my golden answer? Oh, when asked what your dog does for you. Long one's about 30 minutes east of Orlando. Yeah, no, it shouldn't be really far. Because, yeah, we are south of Wildwood. Um, on the we about 45 minutes from um, Disney stores, which is why we moved here. My golden answer, when people ask what my dog does for me. Roma, this is what she's doing. But she's too far away for me to grab. So she's just destroying the paper that I have down there. Um, what, what does my service dog do for me? Well, he's in training for light mobility, medical alert and response. Now, medical alert and response is not a correct answer. 
medical alert and response. He or she actually, she monitors my medical, she's learning to monitor my medical condition and let me know before things go wonky. She is uh, trained on response, what to do after that happens, if it does happen. Uh, like I said, the light mobility. And that's enough. I'm not giving away any information. I'm not saying I have seizures or I have diabetes or I have anything like that. I have anxiety issues. I am just basically saying I have mobility and a medical issue. That's it. And that's all you need to tell people. Currently, I have some friends who like to make stickers and embroidery. Oh, would it be okay if we made car stickers and t-shirts, hoodies, or bandanas because Graham loves them? Can they get in touch with me? Because, um, yeah, yeah, I think that'd be great. I have the, um, the logo thing, and I think I want to do something. So we have the paw print logo. You want to see what it looks like? It's like this. That's our logo <coughs> for Dream Dogs. Like it, maybe we could put Dream Dog Service Dog or Service Dogs Rock or something like that. Cardiac alerts depends on what it is for um, Joanne and what. So mine kind of do cardiac alerts, um, depending on what it constitutes. Uh, so people will be like, "Well, I want heart rate alert for when the heart rate goes up." And so they'll get the little heart rate monitors, and whenever it goes up, they'll get the scent swabs, and they'll work it that way. That's hit or miss, but you know what? Diabetic alert dogs, they didn't know what the dogs used to alert on. Now they do. Now they know that it's the, you know, the, the shoot, brain fart, and I don't remember exactly what it is, but that it's like the ketones and it's something else, and that it breaks down and everything else, so they know what it alerts on to the low and to the high are different. So I'm sure that it's part of epinephrine type of thing, and what's your heart, makes your heart rate go up which is my long way of saying we can work on the alerts and not that I'm guaranteeing anything, but many dogs who come here because of my own cardiac issues, um, they pick up the alerts pretty good, which is really cool, even if they're not my own dogs. Um, and then they'll alert for different things in the future. Um, and like I've been feeling very wonky since we got Roma, which is one of the reasons why she hasn't gotten as much training as Gypsy did in the beginning. Um, so she, when I'm feeling bad, I call her to me, I breathe on her, I love on her, I let her know that this means something, right? Um, so hopefully in the future, she's like, oh, wait, she's feeling that same way, she's looking that same way, she's acting that same way. Um, you know, let me go over and check her out. Yes, that's what I want. Um, Amber says, cricket, um, you, you do the cricket and a professional designer and photographer too. Ooh, nice. I have a silhouette cameo, which is how I did these and it's super fun, but with a new computer, I have to download the software and hook it up. And I just have not done that yet. My car door and back windows, this is service dog inside because he's seat butted into my back seat and I can't talk while I'm having my attack. That's smart. Yeah. So we just got a, um, a Jeep and it's a soft Jeep. So like the back windows are plastic, so I can't put stuff up. Um, Terry says blood, blood sugar way high, blood sugar way high. How do I get normal level swabs to teach goose to know the difference? That is a fantastic question. Um, and then Amber says spit into the swabs and check yourself and write down your numbers and teach him when you want him to react. So Terry, we have on the online course, how to do the medical, um, the, the medical alert, you know, how to make the scent swabs. Um, if you want dental cotton, Terry, let me know because I have a crap ton of dental cotton and I'm happy to put some aside for you whenever you bring Goose down for training. Um, 
what you want to do, this is what we tell people with diabetes or if like your heart's racing on your anxiety, panic attacks kicking in and you want to try to do saliva tests, um, saliva scent training for it is check it first. Make sure that your blood rate is high. Your blood sugar is high, high or low. Low, I think is under 70. I think high is whatever high is for you. Or I have to look online and see, or in my papers and see exactly what it is. Um, whenever you know that, okay, this is what it is. When you're testing, don't swallow your spit. Okay. So uh, my, my, my heart's racing. Let me check it. I'm not going to swallow my spit. Check it. Oh, wow. My heart rate is really elevated. Okay. I've been collecting all my spit here. I'm going to either get like Q-tip swabs or my dental cotton, even cut up dental cotton and put it in my mouth and suck up all that spit that I've been collecting. Spit it into a Ziploc baggie, spit it into a collection holder or whatever stick it in the freezer and take care of myself at the same time is usually how we do it. Now, if you're like, but I don't have normal level swabs, most people do. So, um, you know, ask your friends, neighbor, family and say, Hey, could I have a normal swab? But, and this is one too. I've seen, there's so many trainers out there guys and so many of them are crazy, um, or misinformed or just uninformed. Okay. So do you have to, train with the lows and with the highs for blood sugar and with the normals while well, your normal is normal. Like everyone around you is normal usually. So for you, <laughs> sorry, had to say that one there. Um, so whenever you're working, we like to start with the lows. Even if you're like, I never get lows, sometimes it can switch and flip and then you're just getting lows. So we like to always start with the lows. So you train them for the lows and then you're going to train some empty ones or some normal ones or some ones, um, so empty tin, normal tin, um, with a swab in it with no saliva on it, or like maybe a, a swab that's been wet, um, or like get one from like your dog. Be like, here, that's dog saliva. Let's you do that one and just see what they do um, while you're doing it. Again, we've got videos for this and see how it is. But yeah, and then um, what you want to do. So I didn't, I hate dogs pawing at me. I don't mind a tap, but Gypsy's like... <sighs> with her. She's a Mack truck, you know, and those claws. And so I, I was like, I wanted a nose bump is my favorite, but I'm like, let's, let's work on a, so now she's like, alert, <laughs> get me food, get me food. And I'm like, no, because I wear shorts all year round. I don't wear jeans. So I'm like, no, uh, Joanne says, I've been attempting to train scent training for high heart rate, but my dog is having trouble distinguishing between smelling the swabs and me, if that makes sense. It does, Joanne. Um, and sometimes, like I said, I don't know if if it is a scent swabable thing. Um, so what I'm going to tell you, Joanne, contact me. First of all, contact me. It's always good to contact me. But um, when you're feeling wonky, because wonky covers everything, right? When you're feeling wonky, call your dog over to you. Let them know that this is it. Let them lick your arm or your cheek or your neck or anything, your shoulder, like your fingers. You know, especially if you have any sweat, because sometimes like I'll like burst out in sweat, like just explode in sweat, not like dripping sweat, but just kind of glistening, as my grandma would say, sweating gumballs. Um, but you know, you, you want them to absorb anything. So if that's the sweat from you, um, whenever I'm doing the scent samples on a swab, I will do one, one swab, right? It has two ends. One of them goes saliva in my mouth. The other one I do along my hairline um, and jawline to pick up any sweat. Or like if I'm sweating like down my arm, I'll like strip it down my arm as long as I haven't put any lotion on. Um, 
you watch them. Okay, Terry, good, good. And then you just question about where to get the, the normal spit. I'll give you some normal spit <laughs> when I see you. Come down, Terry, and visit me. Amber says 130 is typical. Yeah, under 70 is dangerous. Yeah. So, and then, you know, some people too, um, I had someone who for sugars, their highs were in the 700s. I'm like, holy cow, like that's liquid gold right there. Um, Loki knows blood sugar lows and highs. Clammy, there you go. Clammy, that's the word. And I'm caught up, <laughs> which is fantastic. So um, what else did I want to talk to you guys about? Ask, keep asking me questions. This is working out. This is good. Um, somebody inquired me, inquired me. That works, that wording. Um, they wanted to know how to train service dogs so they can train service dogs and donate them to people. I have so much more. Keep them coming, Amber. Um, to me, like, you can train your own service dog, but this dog is hopefully going to save somebody's life. And to say, I don't know, it's, okay, how does this sound? I've had a baby. He was a C-section baby. Um, goats and cows have been born on my property. I'm going to go deliver babies for people because I have so much experience around babies and delivering babies because I had a baby. Oh, what the heck? By the way, I pass out at the sight of blood, so that's not going to be the best thing for me to do. Um, car mechanic. I've never changed my own oil, but I put windshield washer fluid in and, uh, I put gas in my own car. I think I've changed the wiper blades once or twice. I'm going to go get an old car and restore it. And I'm going to give it to somebody who needs a car because it's a veteran and they can't get around and they need a car. So I'm going to do that, even though I don't know what the heck I'm doing, and give it to somebody. Because, you know, it's just fixing up a car. What, I don't know if those are the ones that blow up. I don't care. I'm going to fix up a car and give it to a veteran. It's good. It's cars and veterans. So who doesn't like cars? <sighs> work with professionals people it'll make your life a heck of a lot easier um nicole says um would love to teach my dogs to do something as my anxiety starts to spike first thing i notice is a racing heart rate yeah yeah um so as you feel it coming call them yeah like i said i like to call them over and work it you know call them over at love on them because that's going to first help hopefully prevent the anxiety from spiking um but show them that this means something whenever you smell this Whenever I get like this, this is what happens to you. And it takes some time. What I like to do for the anxiety, because my favorite ones to do are the anxiety and the PTSD dogs. And the mobility and then the medical alert. Um, so you want them to know that. So maybe you start twirling your hair, right? Or you start rubbing your forehead. Or you start picking your nails. What we do is we train the dogs that whenever you see this, come over here and interrupt me. I don't want to be doing that. And what it does is it stops that downward spiral. So then it's not going to happen, which is good. Uh, bring my prospect here in August. How long do you know this dog is not going to be a service dog? Ooh, that's a good question. So, oh, and you missed it in the beginning. Amber, whenever this is over, go back and watch it in the beginning. Um, I can tell you, Amber, that she is going to be a service dog or she is not going to be a service dog. And if you listen to me, I'm probably going to be accurate, right? You still have to do the work. So if I say, yes, your dog has service dog potential and you do nothing for it, your dog's not going to be a service dog. Um, usually if the dog is good parents, good temperament on the parents, good temperament on the puppy, the dog 
in the parents, there's no shyness, there's no aggression, there's no reactivity, there's no um, cowering, peeing, separation anxiety stuff. You're on the right path. And then guess what? This is one thing that I've been telling some people, and it makes so much sense to me, but sometimes things make sense to me and they don't make sense to other people. So let me know what you guys think about this. Dogs from programs, program dogs that are specially bred to be service dogs, okay, have a 50-50 fail rate. 50% of them will fail, 50% of them will pass. Why? Well, if that's who they're breeding specifically for service dog work, how the heck do hunter trainers make any dogs work at all, right? You want to know the secret? You want to know what? I'll tell you why. Because they have to adhere to their strict ideologies. I don't. What do I mean by that? Well, I'm going to give you two examples. One is uh, a girl I know went over to a service dog training school out in California, Bergen. And this is what she came back and told me was she had to get the dog to down with the food lure, which means uh, follow the food from the nose to the ground to get the dog to down. Well, the dog didn't want to do that. So the dog was going to fail out of being a service dog because he would not follow a food lure to down. Okay. So I said, well, can't you just capture the behavior? You know, wait for him to down on his own. Nope, can't do that. Why don't you do it on the dog leash? Because they usually sit pretty quickly after you do it on the dog leash. Nope. What if you lure him underneath a table or underneath your arm, something to get him with the Lord? Nope, can't do that. What if you build engagement by chasing the Lord and making it fun? Nope, can't do that. I have to get the dog to down with the food lure, period, end of story. Can't step on the leash. Can't help guide. Can't push down on shoulder blades. I have to do this. And if not, this dog will fail out from being a service dog. Next story I've got for you is we were up in Gainesville. Okay. Cause that's, we were up in Gainesville for 10 years and we'd see some people who had their puppy raisers. One of them that we actually were there, they had a big get together. They had probably a dozen puppy raisers and the puppies were all there and they're pulling on their collars with, on their two back legs with their two front legs out flailing to say hi to everybody, jumping up on everybody, mouthing everybody. And these puppies range in age from probably three or four months old to about 10, 11 months old. Okay. And they were obnoxious heathens. I said, well, would you guys want, like I can set up a group class weekly if y'all would come to it to get these dogs started on the right path. And they told me they're like, no, because um, they're going to go to the trainers for the program. And the trainer's going to teach them everything they need to go to know at a year old. So you're telling me that for that first year of their life, they're getting away with this obnoxious behavior. Because it truly was obnoxious. They could not walk these dogs. These dogs are pulling on two legs because the front two legs are up in the air because they're pulling so bad. Corking, jumping off on everybody, mouthing everybody, wearing service dog in training capes like what I wear on my dogs. And they're acting like that? Oh, hell no. That's why they fell out. That's it. That's why they fell out. So if... And again, the dog has to like what they're doing. So we have gotten some dogs in who don't want to do it or who can't do it anymore. And that's a big one too. It's only happened a, less than a handful of times. Um, raising them up that this is your job and you're going to be a service dog helps tremendously. Um, able to work with dogs in different, in, um, sp different places 
in their life. So like I said, Roma was a little bit shy at first. She didn't play with my dogs. She is very confident now. And it's just been two weeks that we've had her. Two and a half weeks tomorrow. We've only had her two and a half weeks. Like, can you imagine what she's going to be like after we've had her for a few months? I mean, she's going to be amazing. Um, so yeah, so how do you know? What we do is evals every couple months. Like six months is the big eval to being an official service dog in training. Before then, I call them my service puppies, but they're, they're technically still service dogs in training. But um, do they like what they're doing? I actually, I have a whole podcast on how to, how to do this. Uh, service dog, service puppy, the service dog and training evaluation podcast. Do they like what they're doing? Do they enjoy being with you? Are they responsive? Um, how are they doing on their training? How are they doing on their tasks? How are they doing out in public? Um, and the big one is, do they like it? Any behavior issues? How are they with other dogs? How are they with people? We run the CGC test at that time. Um, all that. Um, Maddie says, Nicole, of the anxiety alerts of some sort, my dog right now can do a response, but he doesn't alert. Yeah. Um, would be training any different for someone who has chronic daily anxiety versus having panic attacks? Uh, I'd try it the same and see how it goes. You know, um, if maybe every day at noon you have chronic daily anxiety, you know, your dog will start picking up on it and figuring like, hey, guess what? It's just about noon. You need me, right? I'm here. Um, Luke misses something too. Last year we were at the movies, and some of you know this. I've, I've shared this a couple times. It'll be in a podcast. Um, but Luke went into the bathroom. My son. He uh, lights went out in the bathroom just because it was on a timer, and like everyone else was gone, and he panicked, and he thought that the movie place had closed down, and we had left him. Like all this was running through his head. And he was alone in the movie theater, all alone. And of course, me, I'd be thinking, like, I'll watch movies all night long. I'll put on popcorn. He didn't. He panicked. His hands lobstered up. He couldn't move his hands. He couldn't move his face. His face felt frozen. Barely breathe, right? Um, he couldn't yell. He couldn't open up his mouth. It was clenched like this, and he couldn't make it move. Um, he somehow got his phone out of his pocket, and with his lobster claw fingers, right, he somehow got it open and called up, called me on my phone. Now we were waiting in the lobby of the movie theater, right? Mom, I'm in the bathroom. And I'm like, what the heck? And so my husband's there and he runs into the bathroom to see what's going on and found out. And as soon as he opened up the door and went in there, the lights came back on, but Luke was still so panicky. You know, it doesn't go away like that. It doesn't go away for a while. And it took him the whole, cause we were going to go out to eat afterwards. Well, we didn't go out to eat. We just got takeaway and, and went home and, we brought him to the doctors, I think the next day for it or the day after. And the doctor's like, did you go to the emergency room? And I, it never would have dawned on me to go to the emergency room. But that was my first experience with a panic attack. And it was so scary. And Rich and I do stuff and we'll leave Luke at home with the dogs. You know, Luke's doing schoolwork or whatever else. And I, it's been about a year now. I still worry about him whenever we're gone. You know, and he's like, no, it's light. I know I'm in here. It's all good here. But I still worry you know, so those of you who deal with panic attacks, who who go through that type of stuff with you or your loved one, I mean, holy crap, I don't know how y'all do it. So, you know, anything we can do to make it easier, you know, because that's, I'm already like, okay, I train service dogs. What can we do to help out? No, it's only happened that one time. And then another time he started having a panic attack here, but it didn't escalate, which is nice. Um, but I would work with the, starting with that alert stuff you know, starting, and you might not know, talk to friends, talk to family and say, Hey, what do I do before I have a panic attack? You know, is it maybe I start doing this? 
tapping your leg, you know, gripping your fist, right? Tell, like, figure out what it is and we train that. Um, so if Loki starts getting anxious by lip licking, air licking, and whimper whining, I have to calm myself down in order for him to calm down. And so that's how he's helped with my anxiety. Not sure if there's a better way to train it. There is, Amber. Yeah. Yeah, because for that, you have to be focused on him, and I want him to be focused on you for it, too. Um, <laughs> Michelle, I love you. And if you realize shortly after you work with a trainer that they're batshit crazy, it's time to run. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons why we put so much stuff up, why we do the weekly webinars, why we do the weekly podcasts, why we have the Facebook group, why I put so much on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. So you guys realize I'm not the batshit crazy one. <laughs> yeah, too much. Um, Amber says, so I can show you videos and you could tell, um, possibly, um, they're three weeks right now. Okay. So give them some time, give them until they're at least six, seven, eight weeks old. Um, talk to the breeder. I like, so this is what I look for puppies. I actually have a whole podcast on what to look for in a service puppy. And I think I have a blog on it too. But if you go to the podcast page with the, how to choose your puppy, you'll find the blog on there too. Cause I link them. You want a dog who is people oriented, social, um, fun, friendly, good recovery time. Um, you flip him on his back and he's good. Um, he's not ignoring you. Uh-uh. Off of there. Roma. Come on. Good girl. Um, you want a dog you can pick like an inch off the ground and drop him just an inch. Just an inch. And one inch. This much, guys. And he doesn't doesn't know what to do. He like, he gets up and he's happy. Um, get a strainer, put a toy under it, put a treat under it. Does he try to get to it? Walk away. Does he, is he interested in you? Does he walk with you? One of the reasons we picked Gypsy is because out of the four of them, she wanted to play with me. She, the two were interacting and kind of hiding from me. One of them took off to explore the great wide unknown um she would bring me leaves and so i'd play leaf with her i'd call her pop 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 and clap and she'd come running flip her like a baby she didn't squirm too much she settled down really quickly and that's what i was looking at um joanne have you ever worked with unconventional breeds of service dogs all the time so that's part of it too is people be like i want to train my akita rottweiler mastiff president carnia as a service dog and i'm like no right um, we've done Great Danes, we've done um, Huskies, Collies, Lassie Collies, and Border Collies. Um, little dogs like Chihuahua-type dogs, um, Jack Russells, um, Pointers, um, Doodles. I'm trying to think who all. We've got a whole bunch that we do. Personally, if I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick a Golden Elaborate Poodle. Standard Poodle. I say poodles, standard poodles, not itty bitty poodles, standard poodles. Um, they're just, they've got a good head on their shoulders. They want to please. So we have border collies. You guys know we have border collies, right? We were like, well, border collies is the smartest breed and poodles the second smartest breed. And I'm like, yeah, but border collies don't want to please you. Border collies wants to go out and herd cows and goats and chickens. Like I was actually sitting here <laughs> on my window right in front of, right behind the computer here. And the chickens or they free range during the day. So they were all over there and Rue got them circled up. Our border collie got them circled up and he was so proud of himself. He's sitting there tap dancing because he's so proud. He got the chickens all herded up. He herded from the chickens. How awesome is that? But that's what he wants to do is herd. He doesn't, and whereas Gypsy and Roma and, you know, labs are, they want to be with us. They want to please you. They want to work with you, you know, so it makes it a lot easier, a lot less heartache, a lot less stress. And usually people who have service dogs have disabilities, right? And 
they don't need any extra stress. Um, Nicole, I've talked interrupting the physical signs and self-harm before, but sometimes anxiety gets bad without that. It does. So yeah, so it's, it's teach what you can, then figure out what we need and how we can work from there too, Nicole. Um, Maddie, thank you. Someone who says something about organizations. They're not for everyone. They're not. I mean, and they're great because I get people all the time who are like, I can't afford $3,000 for your program. I can't afford $6,000 for your program. I can't afford one to $2,000 for a good dog. You know, like that's what programs are for. But there's also going to be anywhere from free to they're going to make you pay $25,000. They're going to make you do fundraising. It's going to be a three to five year wait list. You have no say in the dog that they give you, you know. Um, Kimmy, something I for, forever forgot to ask. Grant has this lovely habit of either tearing something up, chewing something he isn't supposed to have, or just being sneaky dickens, all while I'm either dead asleep or not around. He knows he's being watched. He's an angel, but sometimes it's not every time. But every once in a while, when he's feeling mischievous, he gets into trouble. It's one of my only issues with him. I've got this covered. I know what to do. So <clears throat> set him up. How you're going to do that is you're going to take your phone with FaceTime and set it up so you can monitor, or if you have a monitor system, set it up. And set up something, set up your sandwich there. What's he like to chew? He like to chew up, you know, used mail. Put some used mail right where he can get to it. And leave and watch. And as soon as he starts, if it's a two-way monitoring thing, no. Um, no. If you do e-collar stuff, that's a great time to e-collar. No, run in the house. <laughs> right? You don't do that. Um, but you've got to teach him that too. Then we had our German Shepherd, Jedi. I had done a pork roast one time when we were still in Gainesville and I had it on the counter. It was cooling and Rich got home from work, but he left right away. And I'm like, where did you go? So I went out there and he was fixing, um, we were in the condo and had a wood privacy fence and he was fixing one of the boards because one of the boards had come off, you know, just to be a handy guy. While I was out there saying, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just fixing this board. It's just going to be a second there. It's done. We go back in the house. The pork roast is gone. Jedi ate the whole pork roast was so annoyed um but again you can't really do anything after the fact i mean we corrected her she went in jail she didn't eat that night because she already ate um but it was annoying so you want to start don't let it get to the pork roast kitty start it now <laughs> amanda i always have i have always asked people to meet me outside before they come into my home to me and meet in the backyard through the fence then inside off leash because of aggression because that can cause aggression by holding back okay um, so for that, you don't want to hold him back like on a harness because it can. My dog's no place. Um, you know, they're going to play. Some people come in and because we have people come out all the time, you know, we have friends come out. We have, you know, people come out for um, discovery sessions that are free. You know, they'll bring their dogs out. Sometimes I'll put my dogs back here in the bedroom and shut the door so they can't go say hi. We loves to give hugs. Something I could fix if I wanted to. I don't care enough to fix it. It's fine. Um, he gives them hugs. Um, but, you know, if I know we're having, a, you know, say an aggressive dog come up, no. Now, if it's just me and one dog, like, I'll maybe put my dog on place. Or have, like, where I'm just falling up, I'll hold her in my arms. And I'll be like, okay, this is what we're going to do here. Um, but, yeah, I do like place for that. And I just teach them, no, that's not acceptable. Um, for organizations, my first attempt at a service dog in training Darby was a heck of a story, yeah. Place that I got him from down in Daytona said he was a perfect candidate. And, boy, was... I surprised. So Kimmy, can I share the story a little bit, Kimmy? I want to share the story a little bit. So they call me up because Kimmy lived on the third story of a apartment complex and there was no elevator. It was just stairs. And he wouldn't, um, 
Darby wouldn't get down, wouldn't go down the stairs. So her and her mom called me up because they're like, you know, can you come out here tonight? Because he can't go down the stairs. You know, it's been a few days. He won't go down the stairs to potty. So Rich and I go out there. It was so much more than that. Um, the dog was aggressive. Um, he was like, thank you, Kimmy. He was like, oh, hell no, I'm not going down those stairs. And how dare you try to tell me what to do? Now, Kimmy is such a soft hearted, good natured person that he was like, she's cool, but you guys aren't, you know, not that I'm not a soft hearted, good natured person, but I'm also like, no, this is what we're doing. And he's like, no, you're not. This isn't what we're doing at all. Um, and he went after us. So we spent, I think, what was it, like three or four hours there with him that night. Um, we got the organization on the phone and they were telling us how he was going to be a perfect service dog and that we're just crazy. And like, they witnessed that. And then Kimmy was a, a little bit afraid because she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this dog in my house. I'm like, well, the good thing is he's, he's okay with you as long as you don't ask him to do something. So we got him taken care of. She actually has a couple dogs now. We're really good. Um, we actually just met up a couple weeks ago. So, you know, like that incidents, I don't know how many years ago that was, you know, like I never would have guessed that we'd still be friends and, you know, talk to each other or Facebook all the time together, which is awesome. Uh, but you have to watch because I've also had people tell me, because again, from Gainesville, right? The people in the uh, rescue community up there, whenever we were getting gypsy, you know, a purebred service dog or a purebred golden retriever, why are you getting a purebred? You are a service dog trainer. You should be able to take any one of the dogs at the pound and turn them into a service dog. That's not how it goes. No, 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 no. The dog has to have that innate quality to want to be a service dog want to like people, like new things, like people, like dogs. Um, I can't tell you how many times we're out in these service dogs go after my dogs. Now they very well might be service dogs. I don't think so. And they shouldn't be going after dogs or people. You know, they have to be rock solid. Rich hates that term, rock solid, but they have to be rock solid because it's Rocktober. Um, Loki tells me he doesn't want to work out makeup. Yeah. And sometimes though he will just walk slow on occasion yeah yeah gypsy's kind of a slow walker sometime um nicole says i had a program dog board with me for a week no training seven months old awful on the leash program told the puppy raiser to let the dog greet everyone for the first four months that they had them now the people are trying to teach a dog to ignore people yeah trying to teach a dog to ignore people it is hard i know there's a local program a florida program not local program but a florida program who three to four weeks and the dog's fully trained yeah, I'm like, my boot camp is five weeks, and I tell them afterwards, your dog is still a service dog in training. Just way better, and probably be able to pass the public access test. Um, how many people's dogs fart in a small dog office right when the doctor comes in? Brachycephalic, I would assume that in order. Arrow has the worst farts ever, honestly. He should never have been a service dog because he farts so stinkily, but he's actually been really good lately. Um... To assume in order to get the dog to help you during the attack is to unfortunately trigger yourself. Amber, exactly. And that's where working with a trainer comes in handy. So what we'll do is we'll, you know, we'll figure out what the, um, the prelims are there, the precursors to it. So we can work them and get them where they're doing halfway decent or better than halfway decent, like freaking amazing. And then whenever they go back with you, it's not as bad because you don't have to do it as much because in the beginning it is a lot of it. We have videos of Rich doing it. It's so funny. Huh. I do them too. And sometimes I video myself, but he usually doesn't video me. I usually video him. Um, work through it together. Yeah, I guess I got alert response confused 
or if it's the same. No, so alert is beforehand, response is after. I twirl my hair, pick my face, breathe different, among other things. Spider-Man can recognize them unless he's asleep. He can't see with his eyes closed, though. He can hear the breathing change. So some dogs are, um, some people will have two dogs, a day dog and a night dog. And so the day dog goes with them during the day. The night dog gets to sleep during the day. And then at night, the dog maybe sleeps with them and is like right there with them for stuff like that when it happens. And some, like some people are heavy sleepers and the house can be burning down and you're going to sleep through it. And some people aren't. I used to be a very heavy sleeper until I had Luke and now I'm not a heavy sleeper anymore for the most part. Sometimes I am. Um, so, you know, it, it kind of is the same with the dogs. Yeah. Mandy's dog, Maddie's dog is named Spider-Man. He's the cutest, um, boxer or no dog at all. <laughs> my dog becomes really dumb. Once his vest comes off, does this happen to everyone else? Like really stupid stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Amber. Um, unconventional breeds. Go back and watch it, Joanne. Um, yeah, we have, um, Husky was actually my first service dog a Siberian Husky, and it's not a breed I recommend. It, they just, I don't recommend them as service dogs. Get a breed that wants to work with you. Livestock Guardian Dogs, LGD. We actually just had a great Pyrenees come through. Um, I've been offered something. I want to say a Turkish Kangle, but that's not a Kangle, maybe. Someone wanted to give me a dog, and I'm like, no, for service dog work. I'm like, no, I've got goats. That might work, but not for service dogs. Um, let me know what you have, Joanna, or if you're thinking of one um you know and, and also if you're in the group um ellen has a dog who's a great pyrenees and she could probably help you out with some of that too um i love ellen i love her dog uh yeah. rosie could be a little bit stubborn too with things um loki an entire medium cheese pizza once when he was a year old when i ordered it after colonoscopy and fell asleep right after yeah from the drugs i don't know where he put it so luke when he was a baby my human child We'd order pizza and it'd be in the kitchen. And he'd sneak into the kitchen and he'd all pepperoni off the top of the pizza. Yeah, I saw the story about how we met. Good, good. I lived alone with him and he, oh yeah, that's right. He did bite Rich. Yeah. Yeah. Now thanks to you, I have Kiva and Graham training like pros. That's so awesome, Kimmy. Um, and Samantha forgot about the time difference. She needs to start doing a timer. Yeah. Service dog training never runs. Kimmy, it really doesn't. Uh, Michelle says Rottweilers are nasty. At least Ollie is for the farts. <laughs> um, anytime Loki reacts to something that scares him or he acts unsure with, I will stop what I'm doing and make him experience it, even if it means I grab food and pay for it using it. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it depends on what it is. Sometimes they're gonna be like, "Ooh, that's so scary! Give me a cake!" Right? Loki licked the light socket until he shocked himself. That's so funny. That's what I mean. It's dumb stuff. <laughs> so Joanne says hers is Sabir and Husky Great Pyrenees mix. So yeah, you got two stubborn breeds there. Have fun. But you know, if, if the dog wants to do it, it works out easier. <coughs> um, and then the other thing too, guys, is this is not going to be your final service dog, hopefully. So the dog that you have now while you're waiting for that dream dog to come up, you know, you can even say, okay, I'm going to give him a year of training and see how it goes. During that year of training, you're going to learn what to do, what not to do. You're going to learn the right way to do things. Your first service dog is your mistake dog, honestly. Um, you know, you're going to run it through a lot of mistakes. No, you're not my first service dog. You're not my first service dog. You're not your buddy. You're the buddy. 
Oh, I love you, buddy. Thank you for the kisses. And then he looks to the other dogs to make sure that they see that he's getting the attention. Um, when naming your dog, do you suggest using two or three syllable names since most commands are one? It is totally up to you. I have a Rue, a Zoe, Arrow, Buddy, which is him, Gypsy, Roma. I like two syllable. Um, Rue, I like three syllable is just too much for me, you know? Um, but they all have names like Gypsy. I call her Gypsy Flips half the time, which is longer than Gypsy. But do you guys ever, uh, so Luke was young, um, Timmy Turner, Fairly Odd Parents. Um, you know, they had like a robot dog named Flipsy. <laughs> That's what I think of with her. Um, you know, so it's up to you. My dogs all have nicknames, yeah. Well, Zoe actually doesn't. She's Queen Zoe, though. Um, Samantha says, the only bad thing Jagger did when he was six months old, he chewed a hole the size of his head and the side of his plastic travel crate in, oh my gosh, in two hours. Holy cow. Oliver runs into the middle of walls. <laughs> oh, did you tell him about arrow jumping into the fence? No, you want to tell him? Okay, we have a four-foot chain-link fence, and right next to it, for some odd reason, I don't know why, there is an eight-foot No, six-foot. No, that's, that's like eight feet tall. But it, but it goes up. Okay, we'll, we'll call it six. But it, but it goes up um, uh, a couple more feet for about for about 15 feet or who knows what, and um, uh, and then it goes back to normal. Well, Arrow runs up, and he can easily jump over the fence. The four-foot fence easily just springs over Stop, it. Stop, you too. But this time, since, you know, he wasn't feeling so good from his operation and all that, he goes running up to the fence, jumps over, and he's a little bit... He's not supposed to be jumping fences, first of all. Yeah, because he's on bed rest. He's supposed to be on bed rest, but um, uh, but he runs up, and he, and he accidentally is a little bit to the right which means he's in the section of fence at six feet, and he goes smacking right into the six foot fence. <laughs> which served him right for trying to jump a fence after yeah, a noon. He when totally he's would have cleared the four-foot one, but he was just like a foot or two over to the right. <laughs> and as is... Yeah, she actually does really well now, but was not treat-motivated to begin with. Well, Joanne, then that's fantastic. You are like 20 steps ahead of most dogs. Um, if you can get your dog food-motivated... Toy motivated is good. Food motivated is better for service dogs because you are not going to take a toy in the middle of Walmart and reward your dog with a toy. Um, Graham, Kimmy says, or Grammy is two types of shepherd and great Pyrenees and lab. He loves to work and even alerts. Kiva's a mix and they have no clue what she is. I decided she's better at home dog. She's still alert, but no more going out and about. Well, you know, Kimmy, and that's it exactly. Is you have to do what's best for your dog. Um, so Gypsy, she, you guys know the story of why we got Roma. So Arrow, everyone sees out in public and it's like, he's so good. I want one. And I'm like, no, you don't. He's a Malinois. He's crazy. And at home he is. And he's allowed to be, and I allow them to, to have crazy times at home. Not all the time, but they're allowed to run and play and have fun. And he's only 24 inches tall, too, but he works for me for light mobility. He is the minimum of what I'd want for light mobility. So we got Gypsy, because I'm like, oh, Golden Retrievers. I love Golden Retrievers. They make great service dogs. Well, is my knees getting worse? I need the mobility more and more. And um, Gypsy, at 10 months old, I measured her, and I'm like, she's 20 and a half inches tall. Arrow's 24. This is not going to work for a service dog for mobility. And I need that mobility more and more. So I kind of freaked out. And I'm looking at giant dogs. And ended up going with a giant standard poodle. So her daddy was 31 inches. Her mama was 23 inches. So I'm hoping she at least hits middle ground. She's one of the bigger ones in the litter. Um, she is already, I measured her last week. How tall is she? thought I wrote it down. I think she's like 17 inches already. 
No, 17 pounds. I think, I think she's 17 and a half inches. Um, so, you know, like, woohoo, at least I'm on the right track. Yeah, 17 and a half inches as of Saturday. So hopefully she'll be a tall girl and she can do good, but she's also going to be a lightweight girl. She's not going to be no 150 pound dog. She's going to be probably 65, 70 pounds. Now, Era's 65 pounds. Um, what else we got here? All right. So, yeah, so she's the one who, she'll have fun going out. So her and Gypsy will hand off. And if I need mobility, it can't be Gypsy because she's just too short. Um, Amber says, oh, here's a good one. What do you do when you have a clueless spouse that does things that affects your training? Like, you are out in public work and my husband is with me. And Loki will sometimes do things that he knows I don't allow. Then my husband gets upset with me for correcting him over something stupid to him. My severe OCD and anxiety, I feel... If I say sit, he needs to sit, period. No, maybe he's no sit, please, five times sit. You got it exactly. So this is what you tell because I actually, you guys know Rich. Like, he was just in here. He treats service dogs with me all the time. You know, sometimes he'll say to me, and I told him I, the other day, I said, this is annoying, and you have to stop saying this. Is he'll say, let's just go somewhere, you and me. Let's not bring any dogs this time. Because that's why I bring them is because it's fun. It's not because I need them. It's not because whenever I don't have one of the service dogs, I have to have you or Luke with me 24-7, which doesn't do well whenever I have to go to the bathroom. You know, like, just stop it. There's a reason I have them. Um, and while they're in training, it can be rip your hair out. It doesn't last that long. So I would actually, Amber, talk to him and tell him that, look, if we let him get away with stuff, you're going to be one of those parents who do that one, two, three with their kids. You knock it off, little Timmy. One, two, when do the kids listen? Three, four, right? You're going to eventually see parents count up to 20 in the stores. And you're like, no, this isn't what it should be going on. You know, if I say, just like alerts, once the dog knows that they can't mess it up, they can't not alert. Um, Jagger's full name is Mick Jagger. And we had a Waylon Jennings before him. That's awesome. And when do you know it's time to retire your dog? Amber, that's a good question. So Arrow was five when we got Gypsy. So he's six now. She's not even a year. She's three months. We got because we plan on breeding Gypsy. So I didn't want Arrow to be fully retired because they're going to have to swap out. You know, when she's in heat, he's going to work. Whenever she's pregnant at two years old, he's going to work. Um, so our goal right now is he's six. Um, next year or so, we'll probably breed Gypsy. In like two years, we'll breed Roma. And um, two years when we breed Roma, we'll put him at eight. Um, possibly when he's eight or nine years old, I'm going to look into getting a male, probably standard poodle. If I still like the standard poodles and I'm doing well. And the male standard poodle will keep intact and he will be, um, he will be the primary one. And the girls will will just do secondary, you know, but maybe we'll be like, I hate breeding dogs and I don't have to worry about it. And I'll just keep them. Um, because she's wicked cute. Um, Amber. So yeah, sometimes it's just a matter of, well, and then too, I mean, retirement, I like to have a backup service dog. And that's one of the upcoming podcasts is going to be about having a backup service dog because Eric got neutered. So I couldn't take him out. Um, Gypsy has her hotspot. So I couldn't take her out. Roma's just the puppy, so she doesn't get to go out for everything. You know, having a backup dog is really nice if your dog gets injured or is 
something's going on, or if you just need extra support, maybe you're really busy, but your dog can't cut it. You know, so maybe like we're going to the farmer's market, then we're going shopping, and then we're going to go to um, out to eat, and then we're going to go to Disney. One dog to do all that, Gypsy would be like, dude, I mean, she could do it, but she's going to be tired. So I could swap out dogs, and then everyone gets a chance to go and do it, and uh, it's a lot easier for everybody. And uh, Jamie says, I'm worried that'll be my household. You know, part of it, girls, and I hate to say it, is y'all know who's in charge of the household. It's you, right? So you're like, this is this is how it goes. Like, I have disabilities. You know, Rich was giving me a hard time about it the other day. He's like, you're not getting up. I'm like, I'm not getting up because my knees are killing me. And then I'm just, I get frank honest with them. And I told him, I said, I am worried that if I go to the doctor about it, that he's going to tell me I need to have knee surgery. And I am mortified of knee surgery and the pain involved with that and everything else. So I have not gone. Now my one knee I've had injured for a while. The other one happened about six weeks ago. Both um, Rome Gypsy and were playing and they ran into me and my knees, how your knees usually bend like this. Mine bent the opposite way. It hurts. It still hurts. I told you I have the laser wrap on them right now on one of them because I only have one laser wrap. Um, and it really hurts. I need to get it in there, but I think it's just hyperextended. I'm hoping. I guess in his country they treat dogs differently, so they see this as different and weird. Yeah, yeah. Graham is a dang munchkin, but I'm so thank. But thankfully, so my here's to hoping he'll continue growing and he'll be a year in September. Yeah, he should. Yeah. Um, since I'm disabled and homebound most of the time, it's going to be healthy for this. New, is it going to be healthy for the new prospect? I don't want separation anxiety to happen either. That's a good question too. So what I would do would be put him in jail. And go out and do something. Like go out in the yard and sit on the on the chair on the porch. You know, um, put him one side of the house and go to the other side of the house. You know, um, walk over to the mailbox if you can, or just you know go in another room where he can't get to you because he's crated, and that will help out as well. Because yeah, that's always my thought too. Is I don't want it. And even Gypsy it took her. <laughs> until she was nine months old before I'd leave her out in the house when I left, if I left her at home. Cause she'd been crated. It takes a while for me to get to where I'm comfortable leaving them out of the crate. Um, where am I? I just pop her in a crate at this age. I don't trust her to be out. You know, like I, I don't think they're going to get into a fight or anything, but I don't want her to have potty accidents. So, you know, I do crate a lot. Um, Nicole says she measured Rio today. He's 24 inches right now, and you need a 22 inches for guide work. That's awesome, Nicole. I'm so happy. How old's Rio? Because that's awesome. Um, Joanne said, knee hurts. This isn't a face from the question. Um, I'm sure this is an unnecessary question, but do you health test and breed them for confirmation? A friend of mine will be looking for a poodle breeder for his service dog in two years or more. Um, we are going to health test them. So Gypsy actually we got from a really good confirmation breeder. Um, she's champion show lines up the wazoo, which is one of the reasons why she's in standard, which is 20 to 22 inches for the female Goldens, which I forgot about whenever I picked her and I was hoping she'd be big. Totally. I mean, honestly, it wasn't even a question I asked. Uh, he's seven months. Oh, Nicole, that's awesome. He should grow a little bit more for you too. Um, so confirmation wise, you want to go with a breeder who has, who does that. Um, they both have health testing. We're going to do health testing on them before we breed them. If they do not pass health testing, they do not get bred. 
there's genetic health testing you could do, and there's structural health testing you can do, and then there's things on like hips, elbows, that's x-rays, right? Eyes and heart. Um, and then there's ones like von Willebrandt's and, you know, seizure things, and everything else that you get, saliva tests, and you like, you test it that way. So we're going to get all that stuff done with them. And then what we're going to do with them is it's going to be a service dog. Hopefully we'll find male service dogs for them to breed with because it's health and it's temperament above all else. Um, I want, if we can find the male service dogs who are intact, who would compliment them, who have the right temperament because they're actual real service dogs and not like, look what I bought. He's a service dog. Her, her, her. Um, you know, it, it would work out well. Um, so yeah, keep me posted. Keep them posted. If you want to, if you want him to contact me, I'm, I can put him on my potential list because I already have potential lists starting. Um, but so far, I'm really enjoying the poodle. I didn't know how I would. And I even told Rich, I'm like, if we get her and we don't like her, train her up and we'll sell her as a service dog. Um, if we train her, we like her, but we don't want to breed her, we'll spay her. And if we train her, we love her, and we want to do the poodles and the goldens, we'll do the poodles and the goldens. Like, I love poodles and goldens. You know, and those puppy pictures of Gypsy, oh my gosh, even now she's the cutest dog. Um, sorry, Roma. But Gyp Roma does not look like a puppy. Roma looks like a miniature poodle. Whereas Gypsy looked like a puppy. She still looks like a puppy. Um, Amber, well, my husband feels there's no need for Loki to be with us when he is with me because he is able to know when something is going, oh, excuse me, going to happen and how to fix it. So for that, Amber, too, my husband didn't realize how serious it was until an episode occurred while we were on vacation and he actually got to see it from start to finish and it scared the crap out of him. I'm not saying how this happened to you, but, you know, he needed that wake-up call and it didn't happen for... I think we were married for, Luke was with us, probably about four years, five years before he actually saw a full episode. And like I said, it scared the crap out of him. So, um, and that like, when we go to Disney, what we used to do, like the first couple times we went was without the dogs. And um, he had to, him or Luke had to be with me at all times. If they wanted to go on a ride, I would have to sit on a bench and wait for them to come back and get me. That wasn't fun. I had to go to the room on my own. I'd, I'd call them whenever I got to the room and said, okay, I'm in the room. You know, which happened just once or twice just because I was not feeling well because I don't want to interrupt their trip. So a lot of times, you know what happens is you don't tell them how serious it is until afterwards, which isn't fair. It's not fair to you and it's not fair to them. So with the dog, as much time as I spend with Rich and Luke, I mean, gosh, Luke goes to homeschool. So he is with us 24 seven pretty much. Rich and I work together here out of our house. I spend more time with them than most people spend with their partner and with their kids, you know, because we're together all the time. I still spend more time with my dogs, especially my service dogs. They nap with me. They go to the bathroom with me. Uh, we're at, their, at a store. I'm going to go off one way. They're going to go another way. I'm going to take the dog with me. And it is that one constant in your life is that you have this dog with you. And that is why service dogs, why, because we've been training service dogs for years. You know, that's how I got into professional dog training was I had a, a dog that I trained up as a service dog and people started coming to me. But we'd go through times where I'm like, no, we don't train up service dogs. Because it is so intensive. And if you don't get people who are that passionate, it's difficult to do. And it can be very frustrating. And in Gainesville, what we found is there were so many people who were like, I need a service dog because I want to take my dog with me. And I'm like, no, not doing it. Not doing it at all. 
Um, but we finally put together a program that we feel is very comprehensive and it's a good start to finish program, which is our service dog training program. And that you can look at Dream Canine. You could join our How to Train Your Service Dog group on Facebook. Listen to our podcasts. Also called How to Train Your Service Dog. And you can search on whatever podcast platform you, you're on. If you don't do podcasts, do them just for this podcast because it's that good. Uh, you know, we have our books out and I love doing them. I love doing these weekly webinars. I mean, here I'm almost talking two hours and I'm still having fun doing it. Um, so yeah, Rich didn't think I needed for the longest time and I did. I knew I did. Um, Nicole says he's seven months. Ooh, 24 inches at seven months. I hope, I hope, hope, hope she's that tall. My mouth's 25 inches tall and doing very well. That's awesome. Yeah. So Eros 24. I mean, he's also only 65 pounds. <laughs> he's a pocket melon law. Stop licking your balls. I'm really liking my poodle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ellen's here. Hi, Ellen. I was talking about Rosie earlier. Um, Amber, when do I start public access training with the puppy? Should I bring my service dog too? Only because technically I'm not supposed to be driving without Loki. If you can have somebody drive you, that's better. Because trying to work two dogs, I don't work two dogs when we're out. Except if, say, Rich and I go somewhere. And he has a dog and I have a dog. Say, okay, when we had Albus and Roma at Disney. I had Roma, he had Albus. We wanted to get a, a caramel um, apple for Luke. One of the caramel and chocolate dipped apples. Um, because Luke didn't come with us. So instead of him taking Albus over there, I said, just give me Albus. And I had Roma. And he walked over there to get the caramel apple, which it was close and we didn't get a caramel apple. Means we need two next time we go. Um, and I took both dogs and I walked and I found a spot to sit down and we did that. So like, that's the only time I'll work two out in public. I do not want to have to work two out in public. Arrow is not a work. Arrow is fine out in public. But still, I don't want to be that weird person who has to look at them. That's not real. They shouldn't have two service dogs type of thing. Um, really liking my poodle. Yeah, I'm really, I didn't know, Nicole, how I was going to like her. And I'm really loving her. Uh, Amber says, yeah, see, he hasn't experienced a real moment to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you can tell him about it so many times. My parents told Rich about it. I told Rich about it. And he's he still, he need, men need to see it, which is so aggravating. <laughs> Um, Joanne says it was good talking to you. I'll probably contact you in the next week or so about cardiac alerts if that's okay. Yep, Joanne, that works out beautiful. Please do. Kimmy says the struggle is real for invisible illness. And the main thing that I get told is, well, you look just fine before without the dog. Yeah, yeah. And you don't look sick. Uh huh. Well, it's just inconvenient to have the dogs. Yeah. They don't see what they don't see is that it's not me dragging my pet who just so happens to help me. They're my medical equipment who I need to survive. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause if you had a wheelchair, if you had a walker, if you had a cane, it'd be okay. You know, if you need an oxygen tank. If you need an inhaler, if you need meds from the doctor, it's okay. But service dogs a lot more than that. Yeah. A lot more training, a lot more time, a lot more costs, a lot more into it. Um, so how do you find a trainer? My last question, and then I'm going to sign off because I'm just about done. Not feeling fantastic. My throat's a little bit sore, and I've been talking for almost two hours. Um, how to find a trainer. I had somebody in the group ask about how to find a trainer, and that is one that is really hard because not every trainer is a good trainer. So, for example, you guys know we use prongs and e-collars. I use prongs and e-collars with the service dogs. Everyone who uses prongs and e-collars do not use them the same way. We use prongs and e-collars. So that's hard because 
I don't want to say, you know, prongs and e-collars are the best. You go out and get a, a person who's an idiot with prongs and e-collars, and they do more harm than good. So how do you figure it out? You just work with me. That's your answer. Just work with me. I'm good. I know what I'm doing. Because the other aspect then is going to be you have to work with somebody who knows service dogs. And I was saying in our How to Train Your Service Dog group, which you guys are welcome to join if you haven't joined it yet, How to Train Your Service Dog group is a lot of the groups that I see on Facebook are positive only. So you can't tell the dog no ever. And remember when I was just talking about program dogs and why they fail out so much? That's one of the reasons. Is because they're never allowed to tell, tell the dog no. And that's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So um, what do you do? You, um, you do the right training. And I can't say go to somebody who uses the prongs and e-collars. I can't say to somebody, go to somebody who has service dog, you know, experience. Because they could be crazy and tell you not to take your dog out anywhere until he's two years old. And your dog's never going to be a service dog if that's the case. Um, you know, we do them at as young as possible, appropriately. Um, we also have different programs. We have our online course. Where you guys get access to our service dog training program, which is nine modules. It's not nine weeks. Oh, it's a lot more than nine weeks. But I break them up by section. So there's service dog skills, service dog tasks, clicker stuff. Um, there, you also get our 60 days to your dream dog. You get our perfect potty training system. And you get our holistic dog training. You get all of that. That's our online course. Our online course is 997 or 97 a month for 12 months. Our next tier up is that plus personal sessions with you and your dog. Now that's either in person here at the ranch, out in public with field trips, or if you live states away or miles away and you can't make it, um, video sessions. So we set up FaceTime, we set up um, Google Hangout. We have a couple other ones that we can set up. And it's like this, except I'm looking at you instead of at myself and working with you and your dog and exactly what you need. How many do you get? You don't get five weeks. You don't get five sessions. You don't get five months. You get as many as you need while you work through the online course, while we work together. You also get to meet me at Disney for meetups. We get to do um, field trips. We get to go group classes at the farmer's market for 3000 Like, guys, it's dirt cheap. I really need to up my prices. But I try to keep them easier for people to, to pay for. I could easily charge twice as much for this stuff, guys. I don't want to because I'm going to help more people. Um, and then the final one is our boot camp program, which is everything I just told you about. It's the online courses. It's the personal sessions. It's the groups. It's the meetups. It's the field trips. It's the texting and the emailing and sending me video clips. But it also includes our five-week intensive immersion boot camp at the ranch. Um, and that we really, I can't tell you this is what we work on because it depends on your dog. Some dogs we teach sit because they don't know sit. Some dogs get off-leash stuff primarily. Some dogs get public access. Some dogs get task training. Some dogs get everything. It depends on what your dog needs. I'm not going to teach your dog, you know, teach your dog leash work. If your dog knows leash work, I'm just going to work on the leash work and make it better. And every person who does the boot camp is like, holy crap, my dog is so much better afterwards, which is what I like. Um, so Kimmy, best trainers, dream dogs. <laughs> yeah. Business isn't a problem because I'm training my two from eight states away. Yeah, she is. Yeah. So many helpful tools. Thank you. Thank you, Kimmy. And Amber says my trainer was the reason I ended up in court. You know, Amber, when we talk, when we do the podcast, you have to say about that too. 
because you need to know what the heck you're talking about whenever you're helping people because these, it's not like teaching a puppy how to sit, right? You are teaching somebody's dog how to potentially save their life. And people want to be like, I can train service dogs. We saw that in Gainesville. There's at least two people in Gainesville who should not be anywhere near dogs. And they consider themselves service dog trainers. And it's a joke. And if you're thinking of using one of them, let me know and I'll tell you who it is. But you need, like, it's serious stuff, guys. Um, let's see. Jamie says, I'm excited to start working with you, hopefully by month's end. I cannot wait to see your fussy puppy again. And you, Jamie. And your daughter. Uh, Amber says, thanks for tonight. I have no issues talking on a podcast with people or answering questions with you or however that works. That's awesome, Amber. Yeah, if we can get in person, um, even if we get together out in, uh, up in Ocala, you know, and do something, I could bring the laptop and we can set it up. I have a really good mic. So that'd be good. Or we could do it over the phone. But the hard thing with over the phone is the weird pauses, you know, like, whereas if we're together, I'd be like, I'm going to talk next. I've got something to say. And it works. Um, Kimmy says, this is the best. And just in time for me to run downstairs and work with Grammy. That's awesome. Good. Hopefully you'll let me know what you worked on and do a little video and let me know how it goes. Yeah, no problem. Perfect. Amber. Okay. I've got to go. We have pizza for lunch and there's leftovers for dinner. If I don't hurry, if I don't hurry, I don't get any. Um, I have a good home spot too. Good. And lighting. Good, 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 Amber. I'm glad. Good, good. So that's kind of our goals. That's what we're going to work on. Um, you want to know what we're going to talk about next week, if I remember? I've got something in mind. You know how people, like, if I, Amber, are like, you know, what do I work on first and second and third? This is what I have for Roma. Did you get all that? And how we're going to do it. We're going to talk about that next week. Yeah, so you're going to need to tune in next week and find out what it is. And ask me your questions next week. Okay, questions for me, and I will answer them on the webinars and then this will also be going up on our podcast so you don't have to sit here and just watch me and see a little glimpse of everybody Kimmy says, Woo. you can actually listen to us just on the podcast and fast forward and rewind and everything else so if you listen to this on the podcast tune in tuesday nights currently at 5 30 eastern standard time but it could change um, but it's tuesday nights uh, facebook live on our dream dog central florida dog training facebook page Podcast is How to Train Your Service Dog. Facebook group is How to Train Your Service Dog. Website is dreamk9.com for our service dog training program. We also have a bunch on Instagram. Look at Dream Dogs first. Uh, Roma Service Dog with underscores between them. Roma underscore service underscore dog. Um, Gypsy Rose Service Dog with the underscores. So it's Gypsy underscore Rose underscore service underscore dog. Um, like I said, Dream Dogs is our main one. Um, YouTube, Dream Dogs. Our books on Amazon, look up Victoria Warfel. That's W-A-R-F-E-L, F as in fire. Uh, we got a buttload of books up on YouTube and iTunes and I think Barnes and Noble stocks them. I think every place stocks them because they love us and we're awesome and we're amazing. And so are you guys because you guys tuned in and you guys gave part of your busy Tuesday nights to spend listening to me and looking at me with no bangs. You know, I used to not have bangs for the longest time and then I cut the bangs in and I liked the bangs better. But I don't know. After two hours of sitting here watching, I kind of like no bangs too. So I should have water, hot water next week. So it won't be an issue. <laughs> Hope you guys have a fun, fun, fun week. Let me know what you're working on with your service dog. And I will see you in our How to Train Your Service Dog group. Bye. Mwah.